0: How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do, every song. Thank hey. you. Get shy on me, lift up your soul, Cause you got a lion in the side of those lungs. Get a for heart sing I can feel the way
1: Come on church, let's sing it out this morning, let's meet it from our hearts, everything else pales in comparison, nothing, nothing else matters this morning, nothing else matters in this moment, this time, this place, that we would bring a sacrifice of praise, that we would lift his name up, yeah Lord, yes Lord, yes Lord, yes
0: Lord, yes Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
1: In just a moment, I want us to do something very purposeful. I want us to be purposeful in our Thanksgiving this morning. Like Thanksgiving, some of you are like, well, well, Thanksgiving was a few weeks ago, right? Well, we're called to be thankful people. And what happens is many times we drift into being a grumpy person. We drift into being a gripey person or a complaining person, right? And the very thing you prayed about today, the very blessing that you have, you're now complaining about today, right? The thing you ask God for the most, that kid, that kid is driving you crazy. That girl to say yes, right? That now that girl that is your wife is the very thing you're complaining about. That guy who's your husband is the thing you're griping about. That job's what you're griping about. That car, that house, it's become your burden instead of your blessing, right? And it's all about our perspective, and it's the way we look at it. Man, you aren't owed what He has given you, but every good and perfect gift comes from above. So can we reverse the table on this? Can we we reverse kind of the mantra of what's going on? Change the narrative of our attitude of our life this morning, and can we be purposefully thankful in this moment? Can instead of us asking God for anything else, can we just thank Him for all that He's done right now in this place? Would you join me. God, we come before you today. And Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, God, that even though I am faithless at times, you're still faithful. And Lord, we come in today. And I pray that our hearts and our minds would be purposeful in being thankful. Because when we become thankful, we become grateful. And when we become grateful, we become full of praise and full of worship and we can't help. Because Lord, we are setting our minds on what is true, on what is good, on what is lovely, on what is of good report. We're not setting our minds on what's not going right. We're not setting our minds on what we're waiting for. We're not setting our minds on what's going wrong or what's driving us crazy. But Lord, I pray there would be a switch in this place. And for those that are watching online, that we would set our minds on what is true, on what is lovely, on what is godly, and what is full of worthy to be praised and of good report. Lord, I pray today that we would be thankful for our homes. We would be thankful for our jobs. We'd be thankful for our health. We'd be thankful for our church. We'd be thankful for our spouse. We'd be thankful for the finances that we have, even if we don't think they're enough. We'd be thankful for where we are because you have us there for a reason and a purpose. And don't let us miss out on our reason and purpose because we're pouting and griping. But instead, I pray today that we would be purposeful in entering your gates with thanksgiving in your heart and entering your courts with praise and saying this is the day, this is the moment that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it and I'm going to sing and I'm going to worship and I'm going to be a person that is full of gratitude and thanksgiving and worship. Lord, I pray today that there would be an overflow of thanksgiving that hits our hearts, our souls, and our minds. And I pray that our hearts and minds would be open to you, to receive from you, to experience all that you have for us. And it's in Jesus' wonderful name I pray. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise today, FC? Hey, it's great to see everybody here today. If this is your first time, we are glad that you are with us today. My name is Justin Graves. I'm the pastor here, and we do something at this time called Mingle Time. So, if you've got your phone, you got your phone. Get your phone out right now, right? All of you that are watching at home or you're on the road, what I want you to do is take a picture of where you are, tag us on social media so we can say hi to you online. Everybody else, go meet somebody you don't know. I know introverts, this is hell for you, but go meet somebody you don't know, go take a picture and tag us on social media. Foundations Church, it's good to see everybody here this Sunday morning. Hey, if this is your first time here, um, do us a favor. There is a Connect card in the seat back in front of you, um, and fill that out and let us know that this is your first time. You can drop it off in the offering buckets as they're passed by here in a second, or even better, take it to our Connect Center. We've got some people there at our Connect Center in the lobby, hang a left. That would love to meet you, love to answer any questions that you've got, and we've got a great coffee mug that is free. Right? It's only five payments of nineteen ninety nine. Um, that's expensive coffee, but no, really, we would love to meet you and just say hi and greet you and put a name with a face and answer any questions that you have. Because here's our hope. We hope this is the first of many visits for you, right, that you found home today. So if you can do that for us, um, if you're watching online, please let us know you're new. watching online as well. We'd love to say hello to you because we know we've got a lot of people at home sick, right? Can we do this before we go any further in service? Can we give it up to our worship team today? They have done a fantastic, fantastic job. Chat, thank you guys so much, all the worship team. Shannon called in sick this morning, and I even asked Chet to do a new song this morning, so it's been fun for him, and you're still smiling, bro, so it's good, yeah. He only cussed five times this morning, so it's good. Hey, a few things we want to give you, uh, a few announcements I want to let you uh, know about. Our holiday schedule, our Christmas schedule, right? We are not having service on Christmas Day. Instead, we are having it on Christmas Eve, It's going to be Saturday at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., regular service times, but on Saturday. We want you to stay home and be with your family, right? Some of you are going to be traveling. We want you to bring your family on Christmas Eve, and on Christmas morning, we will have a little YouTube video you can show to your family, have a little discussion points as we read the Christmas story that morning, The hopefully is a really cool moment for you at home with your kids, um, and, and really talking about the Christmas story and making it personal, to you, So make sure that you know that Sunday morning on Christmas Day, we will not have service, but we are having service Christmas Eve, 9 and 1030. Also, on New Year's Day, we are only having our 1030 service because some of you, Yahoo, still like staying up till 1 in the morning. I'm, I'm like, I don't understand. I'm still kissing Casey goodnight at 10 o'clock. Um, just be like, babe, I mean, it's, it's really sexy right now, I know. So um, Christmas Day, January 1st, excuse me, January 1st, just one service. At ten thirty. Also, one other thing we want to let you know about is our uh, our, our angel tree. We are partnering with Jefferson Elementary, that's just right here off eighty first, right by one sixty nine, and they have about forty two kids that need us to sponsor them and make Christmas happen for them. Um, parents that are needing help, and so in the lobby, as you leave, we've got some names on a little Christmas tree. Main doors as you're walking to the north there, that. Have got names, and if you could help us pick a name, man, go buy a gift this week for them, bring it back next Sunday with some wrapping paper and tape, and here's why. Because we want those kids, we want to set those parents' kids up to look like the hero and to win, right? And so that's why we're asking you to bring wrapping paper and tape and a present, and man, let's just make Christmas happen for some kids that just, their parents can't do it right now. Um, that the church would just be the answer and the solution instead of pointing to problems, right? That's what we're going to do, to overcome evil by doing good. So if you can grab some of those, um, it's it's first come, first serve. They may already be gone. I have no idea. If you don't like that, come to first service. I mean, you can get one next time. So anyways, just wanted to let you know that. I'm going to ask our ushers to come at this time as we get ready to receive God's tithes and offering. And as they come, last week... In the Maasai Mara area of Kenya, we had our next church that we planted have their first service, right? And so, how awesome is that? So, here is a picture of the first service of them. I think we've got it somewhere along here. Um, There it is. That's their first service. Come on, somebody. Like. They have the kids in another area. Like you, if you look, there's no kids there, right? You should have looked when it was up there. Um, but like, they're pouring out of the out of the church and all this stuff in Foundation Church. That that doesn't happen by coincidence. That happens because you, Foundation Church have invested in making Jesus famous to the ends of the earth. And it is literally transforming the Maasai Mara area of Kenya. There's a revival happening in the Maasai Mara area where Muslims are getting saved and entire villages are getting saved. And they're renaming villages from the village of darkness to the village of light because Foundation Church, you decided to give and to make a difference. So thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And here's why we tell you all this and why we keep showing you, because I want you to see what your generosity and how your generosity is making a difference. It's our get-to, guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's pray today. God, we love you and we thank you that this is a get-to thing for us. God, everything belongs to you. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. And you've called us to be good stewards of it. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would be obedient in the giving of the tithe. But, Lord, we would be generous in giving of our offering. But, Lord, we would just give as giving unto you, that we would have a laser focus on building your kingdom, of seeing Jesus made famous to the ends of the earth. And I pray today that you would bless the gift and the giver. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Hey, welcome to FC. My name is Joey. These are the upcoming announcements for this week. Hey, if this is your first time at FC, we would just wanna welcome you and say, we are so thankful that you've joined us this morning. We've got a free gift for you in the Connect Center after service.
1: Our FC Women
0: Christmas party is December the 15th at 6.30 p.m. We will have our Mahogany's
1: dinner and we'll celebrate Christmas together with games and prizes and more. The cost of this event is $10 and you can purchase your ticket and RSVP for childcare at
0: foundationschurch.tv under the Connect page. Hey, FC parents. Now we know that holiday shopping can be a lot and it can be super busy during this holiday season. So we wanted to take some of that weight off of your shoulders. So we are going to do Santa days here at the church. Now, December 10th and 17th from one to three, you can drop off your kids here at FC and you will have that time during those days to go and get some Christmas holiday shopping done. We hope to see you here. FC students and parents, big stuff beach camp. Early registration is live right now. You can go to the website at FoundationsChurch.tv to sign up.
1: What's up, FC? Hey, if you are 18 to 25 years old, we want to invite you to attend FC College with us this and every Thursday night beginning at 6.30 p.m. We're going to have some amazing food. We have some great fun and fellowship. So we want to invite you to come out and
0: hang out with us. Hope to see you then. Did you know Christmas Falls on a Sunday morning this year. So we will not be having Sunday morning services on December 25th, but you can join us for our Christmas Eve services at 9 and 1030, December 24th. We hope to see you there. What's up, FC? Hey, if you are a student between sixth and 12th grade, I want to invite you to our FC Students New Year Retreat. This is going to be January 14th and 15th at Camp Lockridge in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's gonna be an amazing time to develop your relationships with each other and most importantly, God. If you want more information or if you want to sign up, go to foundationschurch.tv. Those are all of this week's announcements. We hope that you have a merry and blessed rest of your week. And every
1: time it rains, it rains. Don't you know each cloud contains heaven.
0: if you want
1: You did it! Congratulations! World's best cup of coffee. Well, good morning. Good to see everybody today. Hey, two quick things before we get into the message. I want to give a big congrats to a Mr. Caden Crisp, who is part of the Big Spee Spartan Championship football team this past week. So, Caden, congrats, buddy. Proud of you, man. If your kid won state and I don't know about it, you got to tell me these things. Come on. Um, also, uh, today we have Buddy the Elf here after service. We had a cookie cart between service. Cookie cart will be here all week. Take a picture with Buddy the Elf. Um, Feel free, next week we are doing Christmas vacation here at Foundations Church. Um, we will have Cousin Eddie here with his RV, outside, with the hose, in the in the bathroom, for your photo booth opportunity. So um, I am not responsible for what Cousin Eddie says next week, I'm just saying. Um, but we're going to be talking about how do you deal with the Cousin Eddies of your life. So don't miss, invite somebody to be with you, maybe they're your cousin Eddie, and just be like, who would have known, right? But um, today we're talking about Buddy the Elf, and when I was watching this movie this past week, I've seen Buddy the Elf a ton, um, you've seen Buddy the Elf a ton, and I was, I was watching it this past week, I realized for the first time, in, in an hour and a half snippet of seeing what Buddy's life is like, Buddy's life stunk, Like if you really look at it and think about it, like he had a hard life, man. I listed some of the, just some of the things that that we found out in an hour and a half of watching a movie about Buddy the Elf. First one was he was orphaned. Second one, he was lied to about who and what he was, right? He thought he was an elf, but was horrified to find out he was a human. Um, He lost his mom very early on. His mom passed away. His biological father is on the naughty list. His biological father was a jerk, right, and didn't want to have anything to do with him. Um, He wasn't welcome in his dad's home. He gets fired and loses his job. Uh, The girl he likes at first, at first, doesn't like him back and to top it all off, he gets hit by a car. I don't know how bad your last hour and a half has been, but I'm going to tell you it's not been as bad as Buddy the Elf's hour and a half that he shows us. And here's what I want us to know and what I, what I love about this movie is that in the process of going through all these things, Buddy's still hopeful. He's still faithful. Like he's full of faith and full of hope knowing that he's, he's going to get his dad from the naughty list to the nice list right? Hopeful and full of faith that he's going to have a great relationship with his dad. He doesn't get jaded. He doesn't get mad. He doesn't walk around as a South Pole elf, right? He's a happy, happy elf. And so today I want to talk to you about the title of my message is Keep Hoping, Buddy. Keep hoping, Buddy, and that you and I would live our life full of faith, And full of hope. Our text today is found in Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. Um, This is one of my favorite passages in scripture. I've never preached on it. I've been waiting for a moment and it is this moment. So today, Foundation Church, I'm going to preach. So I'm going to ask you to preach back with me, right? Let the big dog eat. You can amen. You can say, mmm, that's good, right? Whatever you want to say, just be careful. Romans chapter 4. Verse 18 through 21, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, let that set in for just a second, that even at at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. That last scripture will preach, right? He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. I feel like I could say amen and we could just leave right now. I'm not going to, but I feel like we could, right? He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Um, growing up, uh, comparing my life to uh, teenagers today and kids today, I, I got to say this, as a child of the 80s and the 90s, our, our teenagers have so such a big advantage over the way we grew up in many, many ways, right? Like they've got the internet, we'll just call it that, right? Call it quits. They've got like coffee on the go at all times. They're, like there's more to do, there's, it's faster, it's quicker, everything's easier, right? However, to all my teenagers, to all my kids, Um, There is one area of life I just pity you. I, I feel so sorry for you about. And that area revolves around snow days. As somebody that grew up there was no greater hope than a snow day. If you hated school, snow days were the greatest thing. And, and I, rem- I remember growing up in Oklahoma City as a kid in seventh grade that I pretty much just had D's because D's get degrees, right? I got D's um, and some F's sprinkled in there. I was a mess. My poor parents and i remember in december of my my 7th grade year gary england on news channel 9 never forget it he's up and he's like we're going to get an apocalyptic type of snow, like blizzard effect of snow, and I'm like, yes. And so I did what every good seventh grade student does. I didn't study for the test the next day, and I didn't do my homework, right, because Gary England said, we're going to have blizzard type effect of snow. And, and and here's the great thing about growing up in the 80s and 90s. The only way you found out if your school was closed is you prayed late at night, and you woke up early the next morning, right? Like, my mom and dad never woke me up. I woke up at like five in the morning whenever the news was coming on, and you sat in front of your your TV glued to it because it was coming on the scroll of the bottom of the TV, right? And there's no greater anticipation than if your school starts with a P, once it starts hitting the M's, like your, your heart starts pounding, right? You're like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. And I'm sitting there watching, eating my Fruity Pebbles, and it's coming across the screen, it's Mustang Mustang School's closed. I'm like, yes, we're getting close, because I'm from Putnam City Schools, right? So that's the hood now. But still, I'm from Putnam City Schools. I see Oklahoma City Schools closed. I'm like, oh, baby, we're getting there. I see Piedmont Schools closed. I'm next. Putnam City Schools never showed up. Goes right to the R's, and I lose my mind. (laughs) Because there's snow on the ground, right? And it's that whole balance of is there enough snow? Because here's the deal, here's the deal. Can I just make an old man complain? This is really old manish of me right now. We close schools because it's too cold outside now. Come, you bunch of sissies. You're going to be inside. My kid has to wait at a bus stop. Welcome to the club. It makes us tougher, pansies. There's a little bitterness there. And you know what? When when I found out I had school, here's what I first learned. Gary England's a liar. Um, That's the first thing. Don't trust a man named Gary. Um, And, and like, I I was like, my mom's like, why are you so angry? I couldn't tell her because I didn't do my homework and study, right? I'm like, no reason. I just wanted to not go to school one day. I need a break, okay? Everybody needs a break. You get a break all day. You just stay home doing nothing, Mom. That went over great. Um, So I got educated that morning very quickly before I even went to school. And here's the deal. Um, I learned that Gary England's a liar, but also, the next time there was a chance that Gary the liar England got up and said, hey, we're going to have, you know, apocalyptic types of snow. You know what? I didn't sit in my room like, whatever, Gary. I wasn't mad. I was like, school's going to be closed. Right? I felt like Buddy Dale. Oh, look at you, right? Like, all right, here we go. Yeah, it's gonna, we got some snow coming. And once again, I was praying late. I didn't do my homework, and I was up early the next morning waiting to see the scroll, right? And I wasn't, I wasn't bitter. Well, maybe a little. I wasn't. I didn't turn into this angry person that never thought that school was ever going to be closed again. I never thought, oh, sure, must be nice to be Mustang or Piedmont or Oklahoma City Schools but not Putnam City Schools, right? Like, must be nice to see it all work out. I didn't become that person. I just got up the next time, kept hoping, kept waiting, this is my moment, and that you and I could live our life like that, right? That you and I could come to this place because when I say, hey, live with faith and hope, Some of us, we instantly start thinking, our our mind, there's this little voice that's like, ah, he's talking to you, but he doesn't know your situation. Right? You've been waiting three years for that to come about, for that to turn around. And and here's what I would tell you. Keep hoping, buddy. Right? This morning, keep hoping hoping, but, but but he doesn't know your family situation, the kind of family you keep that you came from and the kind of family that you have. Here's what I would tell you. Keep hoping this morning. Let hope get up inside of you and let it rise up and keep living life with hope and faith. Don't get jaded. Don't get negative. Don't get critical. Don't get cynical, but keep hoping, buddy, this morning, right? Well, but, but he doesn't know your marriage. He doesn't know your family. He doesn't know your health issues and he doesn't know where you're at financially and yet I don't know anything, but I know everything and I can tell you this morning, you've got reason to have hope and faith and live your life out that way because you serve a God that's capable of anything. Here's what I would tell you this morning, why you and I can live with faith and hope is because of this. When God is in the equation, the equation changes. When God's in the equation, the equation changes. So many times when we experience bad things or when things don't go our way, we want to shy away from this, Right? Because if I keep my expectations low, then I keep my disappointment low. It's like a self-defense mechanism. And if I don't get my hopes up too high, then when those hopes don't come true, I won't be quite as devastated. And, And listen to me. Today, being a person that is full of faith and full of hope doesn't mean that you ignore reality. It just means reality doesn't have the final say. It doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge things the way they are. That's not what I'm telling you. It's not that I'm asking you to be ignorant of your situation today. I'm just telling you that when God enters the equation and the circumstance and the situation, the equation, the circumstance, and the situation changes, right? It doesn't mean that you ignore reality. When the Israelites were at the Red Sea, they freaked out. Why? Because the Red Sea was there. Water was still water. They understood how water functioned, it was still wet. It was still, you could drown in it, right? There was nowhere to go. When Jesus walked on water, Peter sunk because it was still water. But can I tell you, when God enters the equation, even though it's wet, even though that's the reality, the water has to change and the situation changes and the the ocean, the sea opens up and people can walk on water when God tells them to walk on water because the equation changes when God is in the equation. When the Israelites met and went to Jericho, it didn't mean that the wall wasn't around Jericho. Oh, I don't see any any wall. I'm going to be name it, claim it. Shut up up. That's not reality. Let's deal with reality. There was a wall that was protecting Jericho, but it didn't make the bricks and the concrete and the mortar go away, right? But when God entered the equation, the bricks and the concrete and the mortar had to respond to the command of God because when God enters the equation, the equation changes. When it was time to feed the 4,000 men, not counting women and children, can I tell you they had three loaves and a few fishes, and the disciples understood the reality of their situation. They understood the resources weren't enough to meet the need. And some of you, that's where you are. But when Jesus got a hold of the resources, the situation, and the equation changed. Because when God gets a hold of something, the equation always ends up being different. Can I tell you, some of you this morning, you want to keep holding on to it. But when you release it to the Lord, the equation changes, right? Abraham and Sarah, he's 100 years old. Sarah's 90 years old. Abraham was not looking. He said, Abraham figured his body was as good as dead. And Sarah's womb was too. He wasn't looking at Sarah going, girl, you still got it going on? No. Oh, girl, look at you. You about to have a babe. No, she's 90. She's a super senior citizen. I'm I'm spitting everywhere. Like, I can't wrap my mind. Oh, girl, you got, no, that's ignorance, right? Like, Abraham's like, we're old. And yet it says this, Abraham was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he Promises. Can I tell you, you serve a God who is capable of doing what the Scripture says immeasurably above what you could ever ask, what you could ever think, what you could ever imagine. Maybe you think your time frame is dead. Maybe you think everything is gone. Maybe you think there is no hope. But when God enters the equation, hear me today, the equation changes. I don't care how disappointed you are. I don't care how upset you are this morning. I don't care how... Down, you feel. I don't care how guarded you want to live your life, there's a better way for you to live, and that way is full of faith and hope, knowing that God is capable of doing whatever He promises. He's able, He's able. Let me give you a warning to this, though, because we're like, Yeah, He's able, right? That's where I'm at. I'm like, Woo! But here's the warning don't help the promise, but have faith in the process of the promise. Don't help, right? Don't help the promise, but have faith and hope in the process of the promise. I want you to think of the irony of this story we're talking about today. Abraham was named Abram, right? And God changes his name to Abraham at age 75. Abram means this, exalted father. You ain't got no kids, Abe. Literally, when he says, my name is Abram, it's like him saying, my name is exalted father. So God switches his name, and I would be like, switch it to something decent, please, God. And he switches it to Abraham, which means, uh, uh, it means this, a father of multitude. Oh, really? So he's going around saying, yes, I'm the father of multitude. I'm the father of multitude. What's your name, father of multitude? You go around mingle time. What's your name, father of multitude? That's literally what he's saying. This this is the irony. And if you were like, oh, you're the father of, how many kids you got? I ain't got any kids. Okay, well, how many grandkids you got? Because you're 75 years old. You're old, right? How many grandkids you got? I don't have any grandkids. What you what you got going on, Abe? Well, I got this guy that gave me a promise. Right? I, I, I've got a promise from the Lord that I'm going to be the father of multitudes. And, and hear me. Let, let's Let's sink into the reality of this a little bit more. When Abraham gets this promise, he's 75 years old. When God switches his name, he's 75 years old. And he doesn't have a kid till he's 100. That's 25 years of waiting. You know what I found out? Most of the time where I have a hard time, it's not so much with God's ways as God's timing. I I don't understand his timing. And here's the thing about God. God's not going to give you a detailed list of how this is all going to go down. He's not going to say, at 7.30 in the morning, you're going to experience this, and on January 3rd, this is going to happen, and on January 6th, it would be great if he did. He doesn't give you the details, he just gives you the what, and he expects you to be obedient. He doesn't need your help as much as he needs your obedience, right? And when we don't get it, when we're in the process of the promise, right, the promise is great. Yeah, I'm going to be the father of nations, and then you're waiting 25 years to see that process of the promise become a reality, that's when it's really hard. In the middle of the process of the promise, what we want to do, well, I'm going to just help it along a little bit. And that's what Sarah did. Well, well, maybe, maybe, Abraham, maybe you're you're going to be the father of nations and the father of multitudes. But maybe it's not through me. Maybe it's through another person. Are you listening, Abe? Oh, I'm listening. And, And all of a sudden, Sarah comes up with the most horrible idea. It's the first recorded part of having an open marriage, and we talked about that in our our sermon series this past year, uh, this past month, right, of our marriage series, and she's like, so so, hear me out on this, Abe. Why don't you take my servant, Hagar, right, he's like, I'm listening, um, and you sleep with her. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get mad, and, and maybe you have a child with her, and I'm not going to get jealous, and it's not going to get weird. It's not going to get weird. It's fine. You know, let's let's just go... This way. And, and Abe's Abraham's like, okay, okay, I'm in, right? Like, and, and he's dummy and he does it. And what happens? It gets weird, she gets angry, it gets dysfunctional, and we're dealing with a mess from a horrible decision of them helping the process of the promise along. And many of us, that is where we're at. And we're waiting and we're frustrating, and we say, But Justin, I can't even see a hint of the promise becoming. I'm a hundred years old. And my wife's nine, and she's still not pregnant, and I don't see anything. I sure don't see it getting better, right? There's not a glimpse of life. There's not a glimpse of hope of anything getting better. And yet, check out Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance. It's made up of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. See, having faith. Faith means you still have faith when you still can't see it and when you're still hoping for it. That's what faith is made up. I may not still be able to see it, but I'm going to keep hoping because if I keep hoping, I'm going to keep being a person that is full of faith. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to feel it, understand it. Man, you may not see a turnaround. You may not see any hope. But here's the great news I have for you today. When I can't, he can when you can't, he still can't he's capable of doing what you can't, and the challenge is this is that you've got to trust him, and you've got to keep living a life full of faith. You know we all function in faith this morning, coming to church, you operated and functioned. And faith, some of you watching online right now, you had faith that your internet would work and you could watch this message right now. Some of you that came to church today, you got in your car and you had faith that when you started your car that it was not going to blow up. Maybe some of you just prayed that it wouldn't blow up. But some of you had faith that you we're going to be able to get to point A and point B to point B without being killed, without it blowing up, without anything weird happening. Everybody that came in today, you came in, and here's what I didn't see. Before you sat down, I didn't see anybody grab a chair out there and go, hmm, is this made in the United States, or is this made in China? Because if it's made in China, I'm not sure about this, right? And you're like, hmm, what's, how's this made, engineer, degree? And you're looking at it, and you're like, I guess it will work. And when you came in, you didn't go, If I leverage my feet wide enough, whew, it helped me. No, you know what you did? Well, I'm here. You sat down and you didn't th- even think about it because you knew and you had faith that this chair was capable of holding and supporting you. And hear me, we can't have more faith in a chair. That we don't know how it was made or what it's capable of of supporting and holding us than we do the creator of the universe, the guy, the same, the same savior that opened blind eyes that can now see, the same savior that called a man named Lazarus who was dead for days and called him forth to live. Don't you live life having more faith in a chair than you do a Christ? Right. There is a massive change that needs to happen in some of our lives that we say, man, if I can trust a chair, I can trust a savior. If If I can trust and have confidence and faith that a chair is capable of supporting and holding my life, man, I got a God that can support and hold my life way better than a chair ever could or ever be designed to. Hear me today. Don't lose hope in the midst of the process of the promise. Because if I was your enemy, that's exactly what I would want to have happen. I would go after your hope. And here's what I would tell you. If you're not hoping for anything, you won't have faith for anything. If you're not hoping for anything, you won't have faith for anything. Right? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Let's go back to it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. If I was your enemy, I'd try to, keep, try to kill your hope. Because if I can kill you, if you're not hoping for anything, you're not believing for anything. Right? If you're not hoping for anything, you're not having faith. Faith is an option at that point. You're not having to have faith for anything. And some of us just say, but Justin, you you, you just don't know. You know how long I've waited and I don't, I don't know how guarded you want to keep your heart. Because you got hurt, because you got burned, because you got let down. Can I tell you, let's have that childlike faith. That's why the Bible talks about this, childlike faith. Just like a kid that was hoping for a snowstorm to come back the second time. I still believe, man, this is my week. This is my day. This is the moment that a bunch of snow comes and I don't have to go to school. Can I tell you, that's childlike faith. Same thing, this is my Sunday. This is my week. This is my moment that a turnaround happened. I've been waiting. I've been trying. I've been doing all this, and I believe, I'm going to keep hoping, because if I can keep hoping, I can keep being a person that has faith. There's two families that allowed me to share their story this morning about people that waited, that it it didn't make sense, and that they kept being full of faith and full of hope despite their situation. The first one is Sam and Amanda Kurtstetter, and they said this, Amanda said, we tried to get pregnant on our own for a year without any luck. And then we were referred to a fertility specialist, and after all the tests, we were told we had an unexplained infertility. It was so devastating to have no answers about why this was happening to us. First, we did multiple rounds of IUI, all of which failed, and it was month after month of disappointment and heartbreak. Through it all, I had scriptures reminding me of God's promises posted all over my house. I had to read them every day, everywhere I looked. I needed the constant reminders. I didn't make the waiting less painful, but it gave me hope to keep pressing on and leading into God during that season. I also had multiple worship songs on repeat, constantly reminding me of God's goodness and his promises. Then we moved on to trying IVF, and we got pregnant on our first round with our little miracle, Theo. When Theo was about to turn two years old, We made an appointment with our fertility doctor to start asking questions about the step and process for transferring another embryo so we could start thinking about our timeline and plans. And she sent me for baseline blood work, and I got the most shocking call of my life. I was just a few days pregnant already, completely on our own with a Christmas due date miracle with number two child on the way, right? It didn't make the waiting easier. It didn't make the waiting easier, but she still stayed full of faith and hope. Travis and Ashley Burns said For those who have followed our story, you know we were told five years ago that we would never be able to get pregnant and that we should begin looking into adoption. But we found a new doctor that helped us make Noah, who is our little IVF miracle. When he turned nine months old, we got the biggest shock of our lives. We found out we were pregnant naturally. You hear this happening post-IBF pregnancies, but we never thought, I love this, we never thought that would be us, that would be our story. Baby two is coming at the end of May. To those of you still in a waiting period, our heart aches for you, just know that God is with you, even though it may not seem that way. Don't give up fighting for the family you desire. All the tears and pain are 100% worth it. Listen to me today, maybe it doesn't look like it should look. Maybe the time frame is not the time frame you had in mind. Maybe you didn't think you would be dealing with what you are dealing with today. And you don't want to get your hopes up. And you don't want to be full of faith. But can I tell you, God is the God who is capable to do exactly what he promised to you today. And in Romans chapter 4, 18, I love this. It said, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Some of you, that's you. But Justin, there's no reason for me to hope. My marriage is done. My finances are done. I'm destroyed. My reputation is ruined. And I got no reason. Even when there was no reason for Abraham to hope, he kept hoping. Why? Because if you're going to have a verse 18 faith, you got to have a verse 17 understanding. And here's what it says in the verse before this. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings back who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. He believed in the God who brings dead things back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. And when I believe in that God, I can have hope even when there's no reason to hope. Because God doesn't need your help in making a new thing come about. God doesn't need your help resurrecting a dead thing and bringing it back to life again. God doesn't need your help. He just needs your obedience today. And if you can believe in that God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of of Jacob, the God of the disciples, is still the God that you serve today, then I can be full of hope and I can be full of faith knowing that God is still in control and he can do immeasurably above and beyond what I could ever ask what I ever could think and what I could ever imagine this morning and when I understand he's the God that brings dead things back to life that makes things out of nothing your disappointment and your blank canvas is the, the, the canvas for his masterpiece this morning and you can keep hoping Even when there's no reason for you to hope. Keep hoping, buddy. Keep hoping. Live with hope. And live with faith. Because it's not up to you. Because when he enters the equation, the equation changes. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your goodness to us. Today, I'm going to ask us to stand right where we are, right right, right where you're at, if you just stand with me. Today, before we go any further in prayer, any further in service, if you're here today, eyes closed, heads bowed, you're here and you say, Justin, you know what, I, I'm, I'm that person you're talking about guarding their expectations. I'm that person you're talking about who doesn't see it coming around. I'm having a hard time. Being full of hope, and I have a hard time being full of faith. That that's you? Would you just raise your hand right where you are? Did you say this is just my reality right now? That's what I'm dealing with. Is there? Yeah, yeah. You just say that's me today. You just raise your hand. You just say that's that's where I'm at. And man, I, I'm just having a hard time being full of hope and being full of faith because I've been through so much and I'm still going through so much and I'm still waiting. Is there anybody else? You just raise your hand in this place before we go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, you see every hand. You see every situation, and according to your word in Matthew chapter 10, you don't just know about us, you know the details of our life. Your word says you know the very number of hairs on our head. And so, Lord, I pray that today we would understand our hope gets to be in that. Our hope gets to be in who you are, not where we are. Our hope gets to be made in your character. Our faith gets to be made in your character of who you are, not what we are going through today. And I pray for every person that is here, every person that is watching online today, that, Lord, their hope is fading, and their faith feels like it's crumbling, that, Lord, today, that they would understand, I can still be hope. When there's no reason to hope, I can still have hope. Because when you're in the equation, the equation changes. Lord, it doesn't mean that we're ignoring reality. It just means reality has to be obedient to you. And so we put our situations, we put our lives, we put our hopes, we put our dreams, we put our time plate and our timing of everything all before you. And we say, your kingdom come and your will be done and you have your way. And in the process of it, and in the process of waiting, don't let us get jaded. Don't let us get angry. Don't let us get mad but Lord, I pray that we would be a lot like Buddy and that we would be full of hope and that we would be full of faith and we would be full of joy and that every place we go, we are shining the hope and faith of Christ that you would move and you would reestablish your hope and faith in our life. With heads bowed, eyes closed. Today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, we want to give you a chance to change that. Today, maybe you're here, and maybe it's about you recommitting your life to them. And you don't know when you drifted away, but somewhere along the way you did. And I tell you, I'm going to count to three, and all I want you to do is raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. That's it. Five seconds of courage right now changes your entire eternity. So step in to what you know, watch you know you need to do. One. Two, three. Is there anyone here today? You just say, that's me, and you raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone else? You just raise your hand right where you are, and you say, Justin, that's me, and there's a change that needs to happen in my life before you go any further in your schedule today before you leave this place before you walk out you just say Justin that's me and you need to get things right with your relationship with Jesus Christ is there anyone else before we go any further in service today maybe you're watching at home online today if that's to you if that's you as awkward as it may feel man raise your hand right where you are and let there be a step that you're taking if you raise your hand if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart Jesus I come before you today And I confess that I've sinned. I confess that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it. And I turn to you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to lift you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these individuals that raised their hand today a huge round of applause? Come on, FC. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to ask our prayer team if you guys would come down at this time. If you raised your hand, whether you are watching online, whether you're in this place today, can I tell you, every single one of us, we have a next step. Every one of us do. No matter how long we've been following Jesus, and it's easy to meet Jesus, but it takes effort to follow him. And we would love to pray with you. We would love to help you take your next step into getting baptized, to finding a discipleship group that you can join, small group. getting a Bible if you don't have a Bible, but helping you take your next step. Because today it's not about us making an emotional choice. It's about us making a purposeful choice in following Jesus Christ. And if you made this decision, man, don't feel awkward, don't feel weird. That's a big deal, right? Like it's a big deal you just made this decision and this choice, so be excited and bold about it and let's take the next step together. Today if you need prayer, man, we're getting ready to dismiss, but if you'd like prayer, We'd love to pray with you. We're a church that believes in the power of prayer. Right? We're a church that believes in the power of prayer. And don't go out of this place being like, man, I wish somebody would pray. I wish I could share my need. I wish I could share what I'm going with. But we can pray with you that you would leave this place full of hope and full of faith that God still is in the equation and the equations changes when he's in it with us. Foundation Church, have a fantastic rest of your Sunday. Invite somebody to be with you next Sunday. Our best is ahead of us. Have a great rest of your week.